Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is September 1st, 2022, and our first story, Taiwan shoots down a suspected Chinese drone for the first time, escalating tensions as fears of World War III escalate after the shelling of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. It's getting crazy out there, my friends. In our next story, thousands of customers in Denver had their thermostats in their home frozen over an energy emergency. The company said, well, you opted into this, but the people could not change the temperature and turn on their AC. The future is going to be fun, isn't it? And in our last story, the woke cultists are losing the culture war. Stephen Colbert has lost in the ratings to Greg Gutfeld. Play the woke game all you want. In the end, it looks like they are losing out. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. We here in the United States are often wrapped up in our domestic issues, as I often like to point out. But every so often, we have to take a look overseas to see how the world may also be collapsing. Well, in the United States, we have the prospect of Donald Trump being indicted on multiple felonies. The official reporting states they won't actually indict him until after the midterms because, well, that would be election interference now, wouldn't it? I mean, raiding his home isn't. But, 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 okay, the big story right now Taiwan shoots down suspected Chinese drone for first time. Yo, this is getting crazy. We got a report the other day that they fired a warning shot on a Chinese drone saying, yeah, don't fly near our island. Now we're hearing they shot down a Chinese drone. But I just want to I want to pause for just one minute. Well, the Financial Times is saying it's a suspected Chinese drone. CNN is saying it's an unidentified drone. Dude, it is it is literally a drone from China. Like, I really, where else could it have come from? Is it like a German drone made it all the way down there? What they're saying is it's a civilian style drone, probably a surveillance object of some sort, a surveillance device, not like a predator, you know, whatever, whatever those things are called, predator drones. This is probably like some kind of small consumer drone that you can buy, but an excellent military tool for surveillance. China wants to keep an eye on what's happening on Taiwan because it really does look like we're gearing up for war. And an invasion of Taiwan alone may not spark World War III, but it certainly will trigger a series of events which could in fact result in World War III. If they make a move on Taiwan, there's no telling what other Southeast Asian countries might do in response, seeing China act aggressively and continually expanding into this area, even sinking Vietnamese fishing, fishing vessels. We don't know exactly how Japan or Australia would respond, and the U.S. would likely get dragged into it. But we must look beyond 
the Pacific. Because over in Europe, we have a real prospect for World War III in Ukraine. And as much as the media and the propagandists want to claim that we're winning and Vladimir Putin is shaking and dying and he's losing his generals, yo, that may be just that. Propaganda. Right now, there's a concern after shelling hit the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. They had to shut it down. UN inspectors are showing up because this is getting scary. Now, some have argued nothing really will come of the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. Eh, Russia's controlling it. And we're hearing stories that people inside are being tortured. Sounds like propaganda to me. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that everybody involved is a saint or a sinner. The reality is it's war and there are interests at stake. And both sides of any conflict, every side is going to take questionable actions. Y'all want to sit here and praise Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I got to be honest. I think he did a pretty good job. But let's not forget he did a bunch of evil stuff, too. He created a corridor from D.C. up to Pennsylvania, suspending habeas corpus. They sent in federal authorities to arrest sitting members of the Maryland legislature who are sympathetic to secession. Yeah, they violated people's rights because they said we can't take the risk. Do we ignore that in our history? We don't. History is never perfect, and it's often written by the winners. We do want to highlight the good things. Fair point. And my perspective on everything everything that's happening is, yo, Russia, they're losing. They were losing an economic conflict. And so they decided to escalate it to physical warfare. And that's crossing the line. If we can outbid you and we can outinfluence you, that is the preferable route. Russia, they couldn't handle it. They, 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 They couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the pressure campaign. So they decided they'd use bombs instead. So Russia invaded Ukraine. There's a lot of arguments about how it really went down and who's right and who's wrong. The reality is it's war. Believe whoever you want to believe, but it's war. We're now hearing that Russia actually has the capability of opening up a second front. Meanwhile, the prime minister of Finland is booty dancing on camera. Yeah, that's what the people of Finland need because they border Russia and Russia threatened action if they joined NATO and they're trying to join NATO. Ladies and gentlemen, We may be looking at some kind of international conflict, maybe not World War Three. And at the same time, we in the United States are looking at civil war in our own country. I want to remind all of you why I bring up Abraham Lincoln. You call him a hero. And for in a lot of ways, I I think so. I mean, for whatever is whatever his motives, ending slavery was a good thing. Saving and preserving the union, I think, was a good thing. It led the United States to become a very powerful and prosperous nation. But now we're getting reports that they're going after Trump's lawyers. They're going after the Oath Keeper's lawyer with criminal charges. This is unprecedented in this country. There will be a suspension of rights should war break out. And that's where we're headed. Before we get started with all of this, my friends, click the link in the description below if you would like to help me to lure people in to my right wing world. At least that's what the Daily Beast says. Tim Pool's new song. I'm using it to lure people into my right wing world. Ah, they love it. Thanks for the commercial, guys. We launched a song because we're building culture. Click the link in the description below. You can pick up the song for 69 cents. It really, really, really does help because song purchases are very, very powerful when it comes to charting and positioning with uh, getting the song out there. And we want to maximize play. If you don't like the song, totally cool. Um, You don't have to buy it. Please just, you know, buy it if you like it. You want to support our work. But we're looking to launch a new uh, music division, signing new bands, and we want to impact culture. This is one way we can try and save our country. Just one way. I'm not saying it's the end all be all. I'm not saying it's the absolute way to save the world. I'm saying it's one thing that we can do and you can support. 
Here's the story from the Financial Times. So smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from the Financial Times. A report. Taiwan shot down a drone over one of its outlying islands for the first time on Thursday as Taipei begins to respond more forcefully to a sustained Chinese military pressure campaign. The Taiwanese army said an unidentified commercial drone equipped with cameras intruded into restricted airspace over the waters around Shiyu, Shiyu, a Taiwan-controlled islet less than four kilometers from Chinese territory. After warnings and attempts to expel it remained without effect, soldiers in the garrison brought it down with defensive shots, said the army command on the island of Kinmen, which is around 20 kilometers from the Chinese city of Xiamen. Now I'm going to pause. This may be some kids flying a commercial drone, but four kilometers is quite a distance to travel. And that's from Chinese territory, meaning it was probably 15 miles out from their coastline. I don't think this is this was civilian. It's, it's possible. I think this is Chinese government surveillance. Drones are powerful tools, man. Taiwan's defense ministry declined to say whether the un, uh, uncrewed aerial vehicle was Chinese. But the incident follows a series of similar intrusions by civilian use drone models into Kinmen airspace over the past two weeks all of which left in the direction of Xiamen. On Tuesday, Taipei said it had fired shots at one of, such, one of such drones to expel it. The action against drones comes as Taiwan is trying to show more resolve in deterring Chinese aircraft and warships from flying and sailing closer to its territory. These Chinese activities have continued since Beijing held unprecedented week-long exercises in response to a visit to Taipei by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in August. Earlier on Thursday, Robert Sao, founder of United Microelectronics Corporation, Taiwan's second, second largest chip maker, said he would give NT600MN, 19.6MN, what is it, million, I don't know the refer, what, what, what currency that is, is it Taiwanese, to support a civil society initiative to train 3 million civilian fighters and NT400, so they're saying $20 million, to further train 300,000 civilian marksmen. The donations were the first portions of 100 million that Sao has pledged towards strengthening Taiwan's defenses. Sao, 75, who ran afoul of Taiwanese authorities in the past by seeking to circumvent restrictions on investment in China, has morphed over the past month into one of the most vocal critics of Beijing. Following his $100 million pledge, Sao gave up Singaporean citizenship and restored his citizenship to Taiwan. Facing journalists on Thursday wearing a bulletproof vest, he proudly displayed a Taiwan identity card issued the previous day and said he wanted to die nowhere else. Now, there's a lot of internal politics going on. We can see here that efforts are happening to shore up Taiwan's defense. Take a look at this. This is an interesting photo. It says Taiwan is showing more resolve. I don't know if this territory, this island right here, is Taiwan or, or, or why they're showing it. But if that's the case, that's pretty close. Four kilometers, however. While it is easily, easy for many uh, civilians to fly a drone that distance, what is it, like two and a half miles or something like that? That's that's a hefty range. I think that's like that's like pushing it for a lot of these drones. You need some you know, you might need special equipment for that. It is it is consumer grade and all that stuff. But considering it's four kilometers from Chinese territory, that would that would imply their, their water territory as well. Now, CNN is saying it's an unidentified drone. OK, fine. I suppose this is the Taiwanese inlet that they're showing. Taiwan, of course, is probably wanting strategic uh, uh, air, uh, ground, uh, strategic positioning to know if chi China is going to launch some kind of attack on them. So call it unidentified. I just want to make sure y'all are getting the full picture because it's conflicted reporting. My personal opinion, as these videos are opinion, is that it is Chinese because it's coming from China. Now, whether or not, whether or not CCP is something totally different. 
The threat of escalation is here, my friends. Reuters reported today, one in the morning, China has been simulating attacks on U.S. Navy ships. Taiwan says, whoa, 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 whoa. Taiwan says, okay, now hold on there a minute, mister. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It may be true. There may be a real threat to the United States from China. They may be gearing up to defend against U.S. support for Taiwan. Or Taiwan could be saying this because they want us to support them in the event a war breaks out. Take it with a grain of salt, my friends. U.S. News reports China has been simulating attacks on U.S. Navy ships and is aiming to prevent foreign forces from coming to Taiwan's aid and the uh, aid in the event of a war. Taiwan's defense ministry said in a strongly worded report raising the alarm of Beijing's military designs. Tension between Taiwan and China have soared following a visit by Nancy Pelosi. This we know. Taiwan's defense ministry, in a report to Parliament that was reviewed by Reuters, said China was continuing to strengthen its combat preparedness for an attack on the island. It was focusing on the first island chain, which runs from Japan through Taiwan, the Philippines, and onto Borneo, enclosing China's coastal areas. There was no immediate response from Beijing to the report. China has been using combat drills to carry out simulated attacks on U.S. ships that enter into the first island chain, the report said. The U.S. has been regularly sailing naval ships into the South China Sea, sometimes close to Chinese-held islands, and also through the Taiwan Strait on what it calls freedom of navigation missions that always anger China. Starting this year, the ministry said China has increased its military intimidation, including drills that aim to undermine Taiwan's morale and force negotiations with a war and force unification with arms. China could use special forces or agents to decapitate Taiwan's command systems and damage infrastructure in an attack. And it's capable of launching electronic attacks to disrupt communications and command systems, said the report, which was dated Thursday. Will what's happening there result in World War III? My friends, I really just don't know. And I'm sorry, I can't say. But things are getting bad in China as well. And while we can certainly point to potential conflict, we must make sure in this context we reference that China is falling apart internally on its own. Now, maybe this is a trick. As Sun Tzu said, and I'm sure China is well aware, when you are strong, appear weak. When you are weak, appear strong. I think that's what it was. I know that the idea is if you're weak to appear strong, right? The idea is to make sure your opponent does not know. There's a great story. It's about uh, Chuko Liang, I think his, his name was. Um, he, was uh, he had a fort and he knew that an enemy troop was coming to invade. 
And uh, he didn't have the ability to defend the fort. So what did he do? He opened the gates, sat atop the walls, and played a lute. And then when the enemy troops showed up, they saw him there with the gates open, playing the lute, concluded this must be a trap, and retreated. In reality, he didn't have the forces to defend himself. That's what you must be aware of. China is locking down its cities, megacity Chengdu, as COVID zero intensifies. We're hearing about mortgage boycotts. It seems like things are falling apart quite a bit in China. But maybe that is to lure us into a false sense of security. So take it for what it is. The real scary thing here, my friends, is what's happening in Ukraine. Ukraine nuclear reactor shut down due to shelling, operator says. Please, please don't shell a nuclear reactor in Ukraine. Bro, it's been like 30 years since that other disaster in Ukraine, Chernobyl. We still haven't completely recovered from the damage caused by that. And I think the elephant's foot, it's called the meltdown, the reactor meltdown is still there, like blasting out radiation like crazy. You can go on tour there. Scary stuff. I got to be honest with you guys. I went to uh, Fukushima and they told me that it was a bad idea and I wore protective gear and it probably was a really bad idea. Now we were told over and over again, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's not that big a deal. But uh, the radiation there really does cause damage to your systems. I may have shaved off a few years of my life by just going to Fukushima. For, for this going on now, what's happening at this reactor, this is scary stuff. Reuters reports, one of two operational reactors at Ukraine's Russian-held Zaporizhia nuclear plant complex has been shut down due to Russian shelling, operator Energatom said on Thursday. Now, we can take them at their word, perhaps. I don't know for sure. But the National Interest reports, the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant is kindling for World War III. Ah, they said it. Hey, they said World War III, not me. I only repeated them saying World War III. A lot of people get mad when they're like, Tim, don't say civil war and don't say World War Three. And a lot of people say, like, simply talking about it will exacerbate the problem. And I'm like, dude, maybe. But what do you do? Do you ignore it? I don't know that ignoring it solves the problem either. You have to address problems. So it's tough. It is. And there's a real potential for World War Three, man. I'm not trying to, to overhype it or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. Fine. But this stuff is worrying. Henry Sikulski reports. As the International Atomic Energy Agency readies itself to visit the Zaporizhia nuclear plant in Ukraine, Western officials are sighing a sigh of relief. However, there is worry they have yet to consider how civilian nuclear plants in war zones become radiological bombs that could ignite World War III. Seem shrill? Late last week, the chairman of the Select Committee on Defense in the British House of Commons warned that any deliberate damage cause, causing potential radiation leak to a Ukrainian nuclear reactor would be a breach of NATO's Article 5. Here we go. Article 5 of the NATO Treaty requires all signatories to come to the, come to the defense of any alliance members that suffers an armed attack. How imminent might a radiological release be? Late Thursday, all external power to the Zaporizhia nuclear plant was cut off. The only source of electricity was the plant's emergency diesel generators, which had no more than five days of fuel to power the plant's essential safety and fuel cooling electric water pumps. Had those generators run short of fuel, which could be exacerbated by Russian pilfering, and the one remaining power line not been reconnected, a loss of coolant accident, think Fukushima, could have ensued in 80 minutes. Oh, I don't want to think about that, man. This is reality, though. Ukrainian authorities understand this. 
That's why last week they distributed iodine tablets to Ukrainians to reduce thyroid cancers if Zaporizhia plant should blow. Full stop. Let me learn you something, good friends. Let me learn you something. Iodine tablets only stop iodine-131. I think it's 131. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 113. I think it's 131. The way it works is that when there is an explosion, there's a series of radioactive particles. There might be like mox plutonium like we saw at Fukushima. I'm not sure what they have there. But radioactive iodine, it lands on things. You eat it. It goes in your body. It goes in your thyroid. Radioactive particles are then used by your thyroid for thyroid business, and then it destroys and damages the DNA, causing thyroid cancer and problems. By taking an iodine pill, your body flushes the excess radioactive iodine from your system. It is no guarantee that you will survive radioactive particulates spraying all over the place. It just helps a little bit. Romania, a NATO nation, also grasps this. Earlier in the month, its health, health minister encouraged Romanians to pick up free iodine pills at the local pharmacies. Last week, Romania's neighbor, Moldova, imported one million tablets for its own population. Do you have iodine? Potassium iodide, I think, is what, what people uh, uh, typically buy. We here at the Tim Cass Castle, we have potassium iodide. We have emergency food. We got rice. We got water. We got all that good stuff. And we're not really expecting it nuked anytime soon. If they were to use the Satan 2 missile on DC, yeah, we're in trouble. That thing is insane. My friends, the power of modern nuclear weapons is a sight to behold, but hopefully you, hopefully you never do because that thing would be, it's like a 50 mile radius or some insane number, just absolutely insane, maybe more. They go on to say, what these states appreciate is not only that accidents are possible in war, but that Russian President Vladimir Putin might intentionally assault Ukraine's nuclear plants, turning them into pre-positioned nuclear weapons whose dispersal of radioactivity could force evacuations and frighten Ukraine's NATO supporters to relent. They also understand that the war is not over. There are nine other Ukrainian power plants that Putin could attack in western and southern Ukraine. I think it is well within the capabilities and interests of Vladimir Putin to nuke Kiev. I hope he does, and I hope this doesn't go that far. But it really is simple. If Vladimir Putin used a lower-yield nuclear weapon, we're talking a kiloton bomb, not a megaton bomb, he could wipe out 100,000 people in Kiev and instantly demoralize the entire country. Now, he runs the risk of triggering, triggering Article 5, because a nuclear attack is serious and serious retaliation. So it really just comes down to, if NATO decides to go full steam ahead, I would not be surprised if Russia said, fire the nukes, fire the nuclear weapons. The only reason they're not is because NATO is playing proxy war. They say, and what is Washington's response? It has two big ideas, both nearly 70 years out of date. The first is to get the IAEA inspectors to visit, which they've done. I have supported this if it helps establish that the Zaporizhia plant is still Ukraine's, not Russia's. But no one should be under any illusions. The IAEA was founded 70 years ago to promote nuclear power and to conduct occasional nuclear audits, not to physically protect plants against military attacks or to demilitarize zones around them. The IAEA can't provide the Zaporizhia plant with any defenses, nor will it risk keeping IAEA staff on site to serve as defensive tripwires. Which brings me to a tweet from Mr. Mike Cernovich. Phil Stewart tweeted, Germany's chief of defense has warned that the West must not underestimate Moscow's military strength, saying Russia has the scope to open up a second front should it choose to do so. Cernovich says, strange. I've been assured since day one that Russia is losing 
will retreat in 14 days, and it's nothing more than a gas station. Yup, they've been lying to us, and it's bad. It's bad. Russia may not be the most powerful country on the planet, but they've got power. And do you think they will simply crumble and fall? No way, man. Just absolutely no way. Here we go. Larry Sabato says, most disturbing finding a new Quinnipiac poll. Two thirds of Americans think the nation's democracy is in danger of collapse, up from 58% in January. Do you believe that a World War III could unite the United States, the factions of the woke and the non-woke, and they come together? Never going to happen. If World War III does break out, what you will likely see is the woke moralists using that as justification for the suspension of rights, and they will go after MAGA like you would not believe. They're already doing it. And this may be the reason why. Green Jean-Pierre reiterates that tens of millions of Americans are an extreme threat to our democracy. That's right. The White House says that MAGA Republicans are an extreme threat to our democracy. That's 74 million people. That's something else. They're gearing up and it's going to get bad. The New York Post reports how the DOJ is but the case against Trump for obstruction. Newsweek says Trump could face multiple felonies in classified documents probe. And here's where it gets real dark. Oath Keeper's lawyer, Kelly Sorrell, charged in January 6th conspiracy case. Sorrell was charged with felony obstruction of justice for tampering with documents in a grand jury investigation, in addition to charges for entering Capitol grounds on January 6th. Very interesting. Sorry, I don't believe the DOJ. When you arrest a lawyer. Now, fair point. Antifa plays this game. They, they get people who claim that they're journalists, but they're actually just Antifa, trying to use it as a shield. It's possible this lawyer went in the Capitol and engaged in whatever behavior and then tried using the lawyer thing as a shield, perhaps. But I don't believe it because the New York Times reports Trump's lawyers may be witnesses or targets in documents investigation. Two lawyers for former President Donald J. Trump are under increased scrutiny after new details emerged about a failure to fully comply with a subpoena for documents marked as classified. Dark days indeed, my friends, dark days indeed. This is where things are going. It's scary. They're going after lawyers. Lawyers. One of the bedrocks of liberty in the Constitution is that you have a right to due process. You have a right to, to uh, legal defense. But like I said, when y'all go back in time and look at how things are handled in times of war, legal defense is meaningless. I mean, we have a First Amendment, right? Hmm. Didn't stop the U.S. from creating the U.S. Office of Censorship. What was it the Department of Censorship? Whatever. And uh, what, was their, uh, what was their slogan? It was silence accelerates victory. Silence accelerates victory. They said, don't talk. Loose lips sink ships. So much for your First Amendment rights, right? What about the Second Amendment? Oh, they came in earlier than that with the, uh, with the Nas- uh, National Firearms Act. Yeah, your rights are, are only available. Your, your rights only go, go so far as people are willing to defend them. And it's very likely that should we enter war, this will, it'll trigger something uh, terrifying. They'll round people up. Mark my words. If World War III does break out, don't be surprised if you as a dissenting voice find yourself in a camp. 
or in jail. Abraham Lincoln did it. They say he's a hero. I got to be honest. I'm a fan. Not a fan of what he did in, in those regards to violating rights. And that's a scary prospect. But did he need to do it to win the war? And that's a scary thing. Now, the Confederacy. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. They had some things right. I think it's stupid to try, try and moralize based on faction. No, but they were m- mostly wrong. And that's the issue. You can't have a nation claiming to support your individual rights and your right to secession while you're keeping people as property. Sorry. So the South, what they get right, but um, we're hypocrites, is like, you have a right to say you do not govern me. But it's really funny coming from people who are trying to maintain slave ownership. Now I get it. States' rights was a big component of this. But a state's right to do what? Slavery was the principal issue. There were other issues. The North wasn't being held to the same standard. There was seen, it, was, it was seen as a conflict of interest in the federal government. But don't come to me and be like, we have rights. They don't. Bro, I'm not going to defend your rights if you don't defend other people's rights. You see how that works? So that being said, preserving the union and what, what Abraham Lincoln did, I think, is, a, is a, a good thing on the whole. But how do we get past his violation of human rights? I don't know that you can. I think you have to recognize that winning means winning. That's the scary thing. In war, morals are a luxury. It's funny that we have this concept of war crimes, to be completely honest. I always thought about this. They say like, you know, is it the Hague Convention? You can't use hollow points. The Geneva Convention, I think, is like you can't take territories and colonize and things like that. Hey, that's fanciful thinking, my friend, but that's colonial thinking. That's right. If we were to operate in this world based off of the presuppositions of European countries, well, then that's colonialism. And as the culture in the United States moves away from Eurocentric views, then uh, what's to stop the conquering of other lands or the use of hollow points in warfare or gas and chemical weapons? You know, when it comes to war, they say all is fair in love and war because all that matters in war is winning. And if you've got enemies like Russia, they're willing to do whatever it takes to win. If you're not, you'll lose. That's the reality of warfare. We want to come out and act like the world is fair, the world is just, but it's not. We want to come out and act like we're better and we're above it, but we are not. We are confined by the laws of nature, and the laws of nature warrant nuclear strikes. Now, I wish that wasn't the case, 
I don't want them to be the case, but we may actually wipe ourselves out because we have the capability to do so and we have the desire to win. How do you get past something like that? (sighs) These are dark days indeed, to put it mildly. Now, we stared on the barrel of a World War III of a civil war, but my friends, all is not lost, okay? A lot of people don't like listening to stories like this because, it, because they think it's dark, it's negative. But look, just because bad things are happening doesn't mean we give up. It should strengthen your resolve. You shouldn't run and hide from the information. You should embrace it and figure out what that means for you. Do you have emergency food? Do you have emergency water? Do you have a backup generator? Do you have some way of surviving in the event of a supply chain disruption? Are you prepared to protect yourself and your family? I look at the culture. I did a segment earlier on uh, Gutfeld beating Colbert in the ratings. That's good news. This stuff about going after Trump and indicting him may not matter all that much. Because culturally, we are winning. And they've tried everything to stop us. But freedom wins. It always does. Jank Uger of the Young Turks came out once and he was like, the left always wins. No, they don't. They literally don't. How do you think you got 70 years of military dictatorship in Spain or Nazi Germany? Because the left lost. And then maybe he's talking about the United States, that throughout history in the United States, the left is always winning. No, freedom, liberty is always winning. And y'all certainly don't represent that now. So I say, my friends, I'm optimistic. We had a great response when we released a song. The Daily Wire is doing tremendously well. You've got rappers like Tom McDonald challenging the system. I'm kind of excited for what's to come. I don't think it's going to be, you know, total warfare, civil war, global warfare. I think it could be some kind of civil war. Hopefully it's not a revolution. Revolution implies just losing and the far left taking over. And maybe if there is war, maybe it's limited. I don't know about World War Three. You know, China and Russia are doing joint military operations. They got Belarus and India in there. And this is a lot to do with what's going on in Ukraine and Taiwan. And so there is a real fear that we could be heading towards major crisis. Either way, I'm optimistic that we will be all right. You and I will survive. We will live to see another day. I'm confident that you and your family will be all right and live to see another day. As bad as it may get, I don't think it's going to get that bad. But as I always say, I really don't know. And I always want to I always want to just drive that point home. There are certain certainly times where I've thought things will happen. And then they didn't happen. There are certainly times where the left takes things I say out of context, implying that, you know, I was making a prediction I wasn't making for sure. But you look at the news right now and all signs lead to World War Three. But keep in mind, variables exist to such a great degree that we really just can't know. And while this news is being reported and we focus on it, we may be missing the big picture. There are a million different pieces to this puzzle, and we can only see 100 of them. The media gives us these stories. They're big pieces, mind you. But it could be right now, and we wouldn't know, that there's a back-channel conversation happening to de-escalate tensions at Zaporizhia. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know until everything is said and done. So perhaps the night is always darkest, darkest before the dawn, but perhaps it's already been its darkest, and we're, and we're coming on the other side. We would not know. I suppose the inverse is true. Perhaps we have not reached the darkest point before the dawn begins to emerge. And that's a scary prospect. 
So the only thing that needs to be set, get emergency food, get emergency water supplies, get emergency tools, download to your phone right now a survival guide, and uh, don't fret about it. Don't cry about it. Just think ahead. What's the worst case scenario with all of this? And what do you need to do in the event of a catastrophe, be it no water, a storm, a fire, or World War III? What do you do if the president is indicted? Think ahead, plan ahead, because if they go after Trump, I'm not, I think people might lose their minds and you may want to lay low. You may want to uh, make sure you have supplies because if things do break apart, if this country does crumble, you're going to want to be prepared for it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The year is 2030. The temperature is 99 degrees inside your home, and you try to change the temperature, but you can't. When you go up to the thermostat, there's a warning saying governor's orders. We're in an energy emergency, and you can't change the temperature. You're going to have to do something else. So you decide, you know what, maybe I'll just go outside and go for, a, go for a drive in the car, get some fresh air. So you go into your garage and is your electric vehicle. You sit down, you tap on the screen, to turn the car on, but it says car not charged, charge minimal. And you're like, oh, uh, and then it says under it, energy emergency, governor's orders, no car charging allowed. And you go, well, I guess I'll walk. So you get out and you start walking. And then all of a sudden you see a social worker at the end of the road, about a block from your house. And you're like, oh, what's this? And they say, sorry, sir. You're in a quarantine zone and you're not allowed to leave. It's illegal if you cross this threshold. Better go back to your house. So you go back to your house, which is actually a pod. You pop it open, grab a bag of crickets, sit down outside and munch away as you sweat your ass off. Welcome to the future they want for you, my friends. And the funny part is, as much as that first part sounds like a, a, a dystopian nightmare future, it's actually happening right now. That's the story. Thousands of XL customers locked out of thermostats during energy emergency. 22,000 people lost control of temperatures in their homes for hours on Tuesday. Seriously. People in California, it's 99 or it's 90 degrees or whatever, and they go to their thermostat saying, I would like it to be but a little bit colder. And the thermostat gave them a warning saying, nope, governor's orders. That's the future, baby. Hey, man, my recommendation to all of you is go analog. Make sure you have a car that's like from the 70s or the 60s with no computers in it. Totally mechanical. Make sure your thermostat is totally mechanical and stay stay away from the Internet of Things smart homes. Because one day you're going to walk up to your refrigerator and it's going to say, I'm sorry, Dave, if you open the refrigerator, it will get hot inside and spoil your food. And because we're in an energy emergency, I can't cool your food for you. That's your warning. You know, it's like, okay, the fridge will keep your food a little cold, but not if you open up. <laughs> You're eating too much anyway. I mean, it'll get to that point where you go to the fridge and, you're, and you'll try to open the door and you're gonna have to, it's going to be voice command and you're going to be like, refrigerator, open, I'm hungry. I'm sorry, Dave, you're looking a little thick. Perhaps a glass of water. And you're going to be like, but I want to eat. Yo, it's not just this. I, I love this story here, too. Californians told not to charge electric cars days after gas car sales ban. Ooh, this is the best part. All the electric vehicles, you know why this, this is great? The electric vehicles, have on, they're all computerized. 
You're going to walk into your garage and it's going to say no driving permitted, climate crisis, energy crisis. You're going to plug your car in being like, I need to go to the hospital, see my dad, he's dying. And it's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, Dave. We're in an energy emergency and charging is forbidden. You are giving away all of your agency. But I, I must uh, be honest, you know, you can always walk. Oh, that's right. There's going to be a quarantine guy or some checkpoint. And they're going to be like, sir, do you have your QR code phone? And you're going to be like, my phone's dead. I have no electricity. Sir, without your QR code, I can't let you through. You know, listen, I live right there. My dad lives right there. He's sick. He needs my help. Sir, step back, sir. And you're getting tased and you're like, Ugh. there's the electricity. They couldn't give it to you for, for, for your phone, but they'll jab it right into your chest. Cal matters. California can't waver on water regulation. Oh, oh, it gets better. This is amazing. I'm just loving the current state that is California. And this is probably why people are fleeing. So let's revise our earlier story. You're sitting in your house and then your temperature is rising. It's the heat of the day. And so you walk over and you try changing the thermostat, but you can't. It says warning energy emergency. So you decide, okay, well, maybe I'll just go for a drive in my car. You can't. Car wasn't charging. Car can't be driven. Energy emergency. So you decide to go for a walk and uh, you get a text from your, from your dad and he says, I'm sick. And you're like, oh man, but then your phone dies because it wasn't charging overnight. And there's a guy blocking you. And then he says, sir, you can't cross without your QR code. And then you're like, please help me. No. So after all of that, getting tased with burn marks to your chest, you walk home and you say, I'll just splash a little bit of water on my face. It's so hot. And then you turn the water knob and nothing comes out. And then you get a prompt. I'm sorry, Dave. The water has been disabled due to a water crisis. And then you plop down, sit there and slowly dehydrate, sitting outside your pod, eating your crickets. Denver ABC reports. During the dog days of summer, it's important to keep your home cool. But when thousands of XL customers in Colorado tried adjusting their thermostats Tuesday, they learned they had no control over the temperatures in their own homes. Temperatures climbed into the 90s Tuesday, which is why Tony Tolerico tried to crank up the air conditioning in his partner's Arvada home. I mean, it was 90 out and it was right during the peak period, Tolerico said. It was hot. That's when he saw a message on the thermostat stating the temperature was locked due to an energy emergency. Normally, when we see a message like that, we're able to override it. In this case, we weren't. So our thermostat was locked in at 78 or 79. Okay, all right. You know, it's not turning it off. It's just saying it's going to be 80 degrees. So strip down to your drawers, splash a little water on your face, and you paid for this. Congratulations. On social media, dozens of XL customers complained of similar experiences, some reporting home temperatures as high as 88 degrees. Excel confirmed to, De to Denver 7 that 22,000 customers who had signed up for the Colorado AC Rewards Program were locked out of their smart thermostats for hours on Tuesday. I love it. It's the dystopian world that we live in. I'm sorry. You opted into the rewards program. It's your fault. And kind of is. That's what they're going to do. They're going to be like, Hello, customer. If you sign up for our rewards program, you'll actually get discounts on your energy bill every month. And what you don't read in the fine print is that they get to control your thermostat. It's a voluntary program. Let's remember that this is something that customers choose to be a part of based on the incentives. Amazing. Customers receive a $100 credit for enrolling in the program and $25 annually. You see how they get you? But Ron, uh, Romine said customers also agree to give up some control to save energy and money and make the system more reliable. 
So it helps everybody for people to participate in these programs. It is a bit uncomfortable for a short period of time, but it's very, very helpful. Now I'm going I'm to pause right there and just say, let's, let's be real, man. If there's rolling blackouts, you ain't got uh, air conditioning anyway. So the idea with this is if 22,000 people set their thermostats to 78 degrees, everybody gets to be better off than 90 degrees. But if everyone tries jamming their, their AC down to 69 or 70, the system overloads and nobody gets AC. I can understand that. I just hope you all understand where this is headed. See, for me, we installed solar panels at the new facility we're putting together. And a lot of people say solar panels are unreliable. They're not going to do what you think they're going to do. And I'm like, no, 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 look, I'm not doing solar panels because I think I'm saving the planet. Um, I'm doing solar panels because when this happens, I'll have my own energy. Basically, when you buy solar panels, you're effectively, I mean, I think the energy return on energy invested is like not that good, like one to 1.2 or something, meaning you're not, you're, you're getting a little bit of a gain. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We have these big batteries. But basically, the energy required to produce those solar panels is effectively stored for you in the ability of those solar panels to generate electricity. I know not everybody can get solar panels, but, uh, you know, do what you can. They sell these portable solar panel things online with batteries. You just got to be able to get off the grid in some way. I think the simple answer is, yo, get out of cities. But to believe that we can just sit back and there's going to be energy forever with all this going on. We planned ahead. We've got these massive batteries. Solar panels charge during the day and then discharge at night because, you know, but we got massive solar power because we want to be able to operate. We want to be able to operate in the event that the grid gets strained. But here's the best part. It doesn't matter for this business. If we really do get to the point where we've got some climate emergency and they're shutting everything down, then what ends up happening is you can't watch me anyway. You guys need electricity to watch my videos. So that's something, isn't it? Yeah. They say that California is five years ahead of the rest of the country. So I hope y'all are paying attention to what's going on. California declares grid emergency warning of blackouts. Amazing. Electricity use seen hitting five year high early next week. Consumers were asked to conserve as temperatures. So I just want to make sure I clarify the Excel customers thing. This is this is a Denver story. It's happening all over. But California is where the fun stuff's happening. California officials declared a statewide grid emergency to cope with surging demand for power amid a blistering heat wave, raising the prospect for rolling blackouts. Ooh, fun. The California Independent System Operator issued a level one energy emergency alert around 3.10 p.m. local time Wednesday after tapping all of its available power supplies. The notice, which comes after officials asked homes and businesses to conserve, is a warning that the state is anticipating power shortages. It's the biggest test for California's grid since the summer of 2020, when rolling outages engulfed portions of the state. It comes as Russia's war in Ukraine triggers an energy crisis in Europe and as record temperatures driven by climate change tax grids around the globe. It's pretty clear Mother Nature has outrun us. Governor Gavin Newsom, who issued an emergency proclamation Wednesday to free up extra power supplies, said during a news conference, the reality is we are living in an age of extremes, extreme heat, extreme drought. Yeah, they're actually in a drought and they've been in a drought for some time. Now that I don't blame anybody on because I don't, I, they say it's climate change, but I'm like, dude, maybe, but like it not raining is a thing that happens a lot. You know, uh, droughts have, have happened throughout history and there are periods of drought. But I will point out to all of you, my friends, the East coast of this country gets tremendous rainfall. 
Tremendous. It never stops raining in Florida. Actually, in Seattle, it never stops raining either. California, you're a desert. You've been a desert. California only survives off of Colorado River water. Okay, so Northern California, you've got the Bay Area, you've got the Delta, all that stuff. Southern California, it's Colorado River water. So when it ain't, when it went, when it's not working out, yo, you're a desert. You've always been. Yeah, great. Newsom orders temporary uh, order temporarily loosens environmental regulations on gas burning power plants, allowing them to run full tilt during the heat wave, which the governor said could last for a week. It also allows businesses to use backup generators rather than pulling electricity from the grid and permits ships and the state's busy ports to generate their own power while docked. But they're not allowed to do that. I mean, maybe it's a waste of fuel, to be honest. The order also warned that the grid operator known as Kaiso forecast potential electricity shortages of three gigawatts each evening from September 4th through September 6th. The worst dry spell in 1,200 years has gripped nearly every inch of California with drought this summer leaving rivers and reservoirs perilously low. That has significant, significant implications for a state that generates about 10% of its electricity from hydroelectric dams and has aggressively closed natural gas power plants in recent years. The grid operator reported that about 9 gigawatts of power generating capacity wasn't available Wednesday, including a 480 megawatt natural gas unit in SoCal. A gigawatt is enough power for about 750,000 homes in California. Officials asked residents to conserve power on both Wednesday and Thursday between 4 and 9 p.m. Local time as temperatures soar above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for. We banned your gas cars, are making you buy electric, and now we're telling you you can't charge them. Beautiful. I love it. Hey, this will be great to deal with traffic. Maybe people will ride bikes more. And, and hold on there a minute. Hold on there a minute. I got to be I got to be real. When God closes a door, he opens a window. You got a lot of big fat people in California. They eat too much. They don't exercise. Maybe we do need for short stints people to ride bikes. Okay, I've I've always been the kind of person that preferred exercise. So when I lived in Los Angeles, we had buses, we had taxis, we had all that stuff. Of course, I got a bike. I would ride my bike 10 miles. I'd get up early in the morning because L.A. is a big area. I'd have to ride from, you know, the eastern part of L.A., the downtown, and then go all the way down. I mean, maybe it wasn't 10 miles, but it was like maybe that round trip or something. No big deal to me. It was fun. Now, the problem was the hills. You know, you get a big hill and you're like, eh, and you decide to walk it. But when I grew up on the south side of Chicago, we had to skateboard. I had to skateboard three or four miles. When I had to skateboard three or four miles to get to the park. So I got no problem with that. But there are a lot of people that jump in their car to drive like two blocks to go to the fast food shop or whatever. Maybe people need to not do that. However, I must add, I don't know if the authoritarianism is the answer, but there's there's the big ethical conundrum. If people are self-interested and won't do the bare minimum for themselves or others, what do you do? I mean, let's think about it for, for a couple seconds. You've got you've got Michael Bloomberg. He comes out and he's like, we got to tax, uh, you got to tax this large drinks because people are too stupid not to drink it. It's like, well, you know, he's right. People do like drinking their gallon sized big gulps and uh, supersized drinks at McDonald's. So he put a tax on them. I don't know if that's appropriate. If people want to do that, that's what they want to do. But then you have this mentality among these, these global elites that, look, man, People are, we have, we have morbidly obese homeless people. 
It's it's a, a driver of cancer and other mental, uh, you know, and physical and, and mental issues. Maybe people need to start eating better and exercising more. Maybe people won't do what's best for themselves. And that's what leads to these uh, deeply authoritarian systems. And I guess my point is, I think it's wrong. You know, look, if people are too stupid to save their own lives, you are responsible for, for saving your own life. So my view is, if the people in the cities keep growing and, and they want to be yeast that farts themselves to death, fine, whatever. I'll leave and make sure I've done what I have to do to survive. I will advocate for those people to do better. But if they don't, I don't think a cudgel is the right thing to do. And for a variety of reasons. First, it's a violation of individual human rights. You as a, as a human being, as an individual, have a right to decide for yourself what is best for you. I don't know. I'll advocate for what I think is best, but I can't decide for you. The centralization of authority and power is bad. What we need is a decentralized system where people do some stuff, some people do other stuff, and the best stuff wins out, right? So I think that's the most important point. If you homogenize the system because you think you're better and smarter, then ultimately what ends up happening is a system collapse because you're not. But there is another there's, a, there's another issue in that meritocracy. The people who are gluttonous and insane destroy themselves. We don't want them to. I don't want people sterilizing their kids. I don't want people aborting their kids. I don't want people sitting back in a lounge chair stuffing their mouth, mouth full of Twinkies all day and getting fat. I want people exercising. I want people, you know, either running or figuring out what works for them, eating better foods, cutting out the sugar, but I can't tell them how to live. The end result is these people will be less likely to procreate. It is, it is negative. I'm not saying it's a good thing that people eventually, you know, they die off. But if you're going to sterilize your kids, abort your kids, and then gorge yourself, you're probably not going to have a successful genetic line. That is natural selection. We want to resist it to a certain degree. But also realize, if people are given the right to choose and to live the way they want, then, this, then, then nature itself will take hold. The challenge, I suppose, is that, you know, we can only technologically advance ourselves to comfort so far. We've got refrigerators. We've got clean drinking water. We've got hot, hot showers. We've got, uh, uh, you know, cl uh, clean. Uh, I mentioned we've we got uh, refrigerators, all that stuff. You, you get the point. AC. But eventually the system strains itself because energy and luxury, it's not infinite. And these people eventually will just suffer for it. In the end, city folk, I think, are going to be in for the worst of it. Look, hyper-concentrating all of these resources into these cities creates a massive pile of waste. And the way I described it uh, a, couple, a few weeks ago on IRL, Timcast IRL, was that if you take a bunch of chickens and you put them in an area and they all poop, okay, eventually the rain comes and it washes the poop away and the plants, they grow from that poop making the poop a good thing. Yes. So uh, you like it. We, we like it when the chickens come out and do their chicken business. It's good for the plants in the ground and, and the poop gets washed away with the rain and mixed into the soil and it makes it fertile and all that stuff. Excellent. The cycle of nature. However, what happens when you put all the chickens in one small space? The poop doesn't wash away. Plants can't grow. The poop piles up. The smell is, is awful. You see, too much in one area is not sustainable. And that's what these cities have become. You can't take 10 million people and jam them into Manhattan. Because then how do we dissipate all of this waste? Now, I'm not talking about human waste. I'm talking about just plastic and everything. How do you get food into that city? It's getting harder and harder. I think cities are terrible, man. We got to spread out. 
You know, some people talk about overpopulation. You've got, you know, the likes of Bill Gates saying there's, there's too many people. Yeah, maybe too many people in one place. I do think we are overpopulated. That's my personal opinion. And I've argued with people like, you know, Michael Malice, for instance, he thinks we're not. And, I, and we agreed, though, like maybe the cities are too dense for sure. But my, 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 I'm talking about overpopulation, not just in the sense of resource consumption. You know, I think pollution's a problem. There are dead zones in the ocean. There's plastic garbage. I'm not saying America is to blame for all of it. In fact, it's mostly India and China. I do think that if you keep pumping carbon into the atmosphere, you're going to have negative impacts. Some argue that the plants will just grow faster and absorb the carbon faster. And that's a possibility, too. But my point here is we have too many people politically. Seriously, how do we govern effectively? You can't. The system has become so dense with people. 775,000 people per congressional district. You can't represent all those people. And as there are more and more people, it becomes increasingly more likely to destabilize. Here's what happens. Let's say you got 10,000 people living in a district. Early American days. One person says, I'm going to try and speak to as many people as possible. Represent their views and values. Well, if 1% of those people, 10,000, you know, you got 100 people, wants to go out and protest or whatever, that's a problem. That's 100 people. That's going to be rough. But for the most part, you got more people who are going to push back. What happens when you got a, a million people? Now there are 10,000 people screaming and rabbling and throwing bricks. How do you stop that? The system cannot handle that strain. So it becomes more likely to destabilize the more people there are. And now we've got hundreds of millions of people. And you think we can represent them effectively? We can't, especially with the internet allowing subcultures to expand and grow. The end result, my friends, is overpopulation results in political instability. I'll tell you, you want to know the truth? The world, your life would be better with our current level of technology but half the population size. And I'm not saying that to advocate for anything, but it's true. Politics would be a bit more stable. Resource consumption would be, pollution would be less of an issue. People would be a little bit more spread out. There'd be more robust debates, but there is just, in my opinion, too many people. Of course, I'm not advocating for authoritarianism. No, I'm advocating for, I'm not even advocating for, I'm just saying natural selection will occur, whether you want it to or not. You can try and fight the machine. You can try and control it like these global elites do, trying to decide how you can live your life. And I'm like, bro, you need to let people live their lives for one reason, because the strong will survive and those most adapt adaptable will survive. And the people who are blind, gluttonous fools living in big cities will struggle with it. And maybe they won't survive in a great catastrophe. I don't want people to die. I'm just saying it is better off that the world naturally has these processes happen then global elites who think they're smarter than you decide how you should live. But at, the, at, at any rate, the new future is here upon us, my friends. It's, uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Stephen Colbert has officially lost the ratings battle with Fox News' Greg Gutfeld. Okay, maybe not forever, but uh, the tides are turning. Stephen Colbert, you know, Y'all love to see him dance in that weird vaccine thing where the people dressed up like syringes and fluttered around the stage. OK, no, that was really weird and creepy. Well, Greg Gutfeld has a show on Fox News, and it's not creepy. It's actually a bit funny. And for a while now, he's been rising in the ranks and now officially 
has upset the ratings. Colbert is out. And this is a big shift that we're starting to see. CNN's profits are down. They're laying people off. Their ratings are down. The tide is changing in the culture war. And we are winning. And it's actually really simple why. I don't believe we are winning the culture war. When it comes to culture, I mean like TV shows and content, I don't think it's happening because we make the best stuff. Sorry, I just don't think that's the case. I think what's happening is they're making garbage stuff. Get woke, go broke. Have y'all seen the latest snippets from She-Hulk, dude, when She-Hulk is twerking in her office and I'm just like, oh, make the cringe stop. Or Miss Marvel. I mean, look, dude, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was huge. Big fan. It's kind of Miss Marvel was awful. I skipped through most of it. I'm like, dude, you know what I want to see? I want to see someone with superpowers fight a bad guy and just be entertained. I live in a world of politics. I don't need it in my TV shows about superpowers. Instead, what ends up happening is every episode of that show, it's like, we have to go to India to save the day. Let me tell you about partition. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, partition. What's that all about? And then then 10 minutes later, they're like, you see when partition happened. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, the thing about partition. And I'm like, dude, I get it. This is what they're doing. They're making woke garbage that nobody wants to watch. And then they're surprised they keep canceling their shows. And Netflix is seeing subscriber drop off. And the Daily Wire, is it ta- it's taken off. More and more subscribers, more content, more movies. And we over here at TimCast, we're doing something similar. In a more social media kind of way, but also with music. I don't know if you checked out the Cast Castle vlog channel. But we put up Marjorie Taylor Greene's special cameo yesterday with Ian Crossland. We are making comedic bits and we're bringing in, we have guests come. You know, we were thinking, we have these guests, these high profile people, they come, they come hang out at TimCast IRL. We have them on the show. Why don't we do, it takes five minutes to film. We do some funny bits with these individuals. We had Jack Posobiec pull up on a little bike, ring, ring, and then deliver the TimCast scripts. We had Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG, they call her, playing MTG, Magic the Gathering, funny bits. We've got more coming in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to keep making more stuff because they have abandoned the mountaintop of cultural dominance. They, have, they, they stood atop this mountain, looking at all of the little people and how everyone wanted to be like them and wanted to be where they were. And they said, you know what? Let's beat them over the head with Magic School Bus style TV shows. Yeah, Okay. Doctor Who is a really great example. I I like old Doctor Who episodes. Admittedly, I don't watch every single episode. But then they bring in that uh, uh, that new doctor, the first female doctor. And apparently people are saying it's basically turned into the magic school bus. They hop in their TARDIS, the, the phone booth or whatever, the police box to travel through time. And then they end up like, welcome to partition. Like, no, no joke. They actually went to colonial India. And it's like, bro, what is up with this? Well, here's the news from fan cited. Greg Gutfeld has officially dominated Stephen Colbert's ratings. Good for him. I I also want to show you something else, too. Many of you may have seen this. I love it. The Daily Beast writes, all is not what it seems, especially when it comes to Tim Pool. The hosts discuss his new song, which they think he's using to lure people into his right wing world. Ah. Yes, I am the Pied Piper, playing my lute and dancing about as you all follow me down the path of conservatism, despite the fact that I'm like a centrist libertarian. These people have lost the plot. They're not cool. They're nerds. They're dorks. And I feel bad saying that because nerds and dorks, I'm actually, 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 that's that's unfair. You see, a nerd is somebody 
who's really into, well, actually, nerd, dork, and geek. Nerds are really into book smarts. Dorks are just not that socially apt. And geeks are super into things like Star Wars or something. I'm actually fine with all those people. These are squares. They're establishment, in-the-box, boring people. And this is what they think the world is all about. Let's talk about winning the culture war. We'll talk about this. If you want to support our work, click the link in the description below. It is our last day. Today is the final day for the calculations towards our sales and streams. So check out Only Ever Wanted in the description below. Purchase the song for 69 cents if you really want to support our work. And uh, let's read this from Fansided. Fox News has broken its way into the late night landscape. The channel's primetime show, Gutfeld, was the most successful in the television category this month. Amazing. Colbert's Late Show has been unchallenged for some time until Greg Gutfeld stormed into the limelight. Fox News announced this week that Gutfeld averaged over 2.19 million viewers in comparison to Colbert's 2.15. Executive producer of the show, Tommy O'Connor, tweeted on Wednesday, Yo, thanks for the support, Gutfeld fans. When we started the show, we, there were tons of doubters. But your fans believed in the show and joined the ride. Sincerely appreciate everyone who joins us every night. Regular viewers of the conservative network claimed, claim Colbert's loyalty to woke politics has played a major role in being dethroned as number one this month. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you what it's all about? Yeah, I'll tell you. You see, I put out a song and then they claim it's a Pied Piper lure to the far right. At a certain point, people just say, okay, this is insane, man. This is not real life. Colbert's adherence to a narrative of hate eventually becomes tired and boring, predictable, not genuine, inauthentic. You look, I'll come out here and I'll say something good about Anna Kasparian of the Young Turks. I have no interest in talking about her opinions when her opinions are bad because I don't think it matters that much. But when she comes out and says something like, hey, there's a bunch of criminals roaming the streets of New York. Why aren't these people in jail? I'm like, good question. Let's support that. And so when you come to watch a video like mine, many of my opinions, you'll probably guess. Some people are going to be like, I know he's probably not going to side with the right on this one for this reason. Perhaps. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes my opinion changes. But I'm not looking to always hate everyone. But that's all they do. Colbert, his whole show is, how can we hate MAGA today? It's like, dude, at a certain point, you're going to say they did a good thing, right? Donald Trump got gas prices down. Nope. Donald Trump took out the leader of ISIS. Nope. It's tiresome. Okay. I even tried giving Biden some credit when he sped up the timeline of the vaccines, but we'll see how that one turns out. Gutfeld may not be a passerby for political fact checkers, however. He continues to captivate millions of viewers a night. The host's presenting style of punchy insults and sarcasm has made him a Fox favorite over the years. And despite hosting his own primetime program, he vows to keep his spot on the panel show, The Five, too. When discussing the show, Gutfeld told Adam Carolla this month, I am counting on this show succeeding without without names. The host went on to claim his show must create its own celebrities. Of course, an attempt to suit the late night category it craves to compete in. Gutfeld went on to suggest that when he does attempt to bring on a big name, it nearly always turns safe and awkward. I know exactly what you're talking about, Greg. We have similar issues with Timcast IRL. And that's why, you know, the show, Tim, Timcast IRL needs to survive just on me. We can't guarantee big names. We can't guarantee big guests. And big names sometimes come in and then you know, they want to play it safe, politicians especially. But we want the conversations to be real and authentic. I'm sure Greg feels the exact same way about what he's doing. And you got to be careful. The show needs to be itself. 
People need to watch the show regardless of who's on it. That being said, there's hosts, Greg on his, Tim, Tim Poole, me on mine. We try to make sure it's not going to be about big names other than the people hosting the show. And I think that's a fair and important point. And most importantly, it's working. Now, look, I don't know why people like Tim Cast IRL. Uh, look, I talk. I talk a lot. People listen. I appreciate it. I really do. That's my thing. Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. And I got to be honest, you know, I, I think about where we are on IRL and how big we've gotten. And I'm just kind of like, all I know is I'm going to be me and talk about stuff. We're going to bring on guests. I have my convictions and my opinions. We brought on Podium Guy. I know it was a lectern, but everyone calls him Podium Guy. The guy from January 6th carrying the podium, we brought on Enrique Tario, leader of the Proud Boys. He's been charged with, I think, seditious conspiracy. I'm going to bring on people to talk about what I want to talk about. That's it. That's what we're going to do. It's not about big names. It's about sometimes we bring on people with smaller followings. We want to have good conversations. And I think that's what people like. For Greg, I think a lot of it has to do with being sick and tired of wokeness. They stood atop the ivory tower and they screamed garbage at us. They spewed vomit down from the, from the top floors. And we just got tired of it and said, let's go somewhere else. And that's the reality of what the song uh, we produced is. Let me tell you, my friends, the Daily Beast has no choice but to hate me and then lie. Sam Cedar's a show. Right, we, we love Sam Cedar, right? They said Tim Pool released a song and it sounds like Nickelback. No, it doesn't. It probably sounds more like, I don't know, Thursday or Taking Back Sunday or something like that. I don't know. Something like that, I guess. People are saying it's more emo or whatever. And I'm like, I really don't care. I don't know what it is. I just know that we made a song. I like it. Do you like it? Maybe you don't. That's fine. Not everybody likes every genre of music. But what they're doing is they're saying, it's Nickelback. It's, it's butt rock. It's like, okay, dude, butt rock is a reference to Nickelback. They're desperately trying to associate, associate us with a band that they memed into hating. Nickelback's popular. I, I'm not a, I don't, it's not my jam. That's fine. But they, one of the biggest bands ever. And a lot of people do like Nickelback. That's fine. But what they're doing is they're saying we have to hate you no matter what. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if the production is good. It doesn't matter if even a lot of people like the song because apparently it's doing really well for an initial release. Got a million plus streams or whatever. We've, we, I don't want to say sales numbers yet. We do need uh, this is the final day for sales. But this is it. It's just about hatred. At a certain point, people say, I don't care about hating anymore. From The New York Times. Profits slump at CNN as ratings plummet. The network is on pace to drop below $1 billion in profit for the first time in years, according to people familiar with its operations amid steep declines in TV viewership. Yo, this guy, he, he gets it. He figured it out. What's his name? Chris Licht, I think his name is. Chris Licht. He was like, hey, Brian Stelter, all you do is hate on the right. That's boring. We got some big news coming up. Taiwan shot down a drone. Maybe World War Three. You know, I have a variety of content. Admittedly, there is a lot of, I don't know if hate is the right word, criticism and critique, but it is similar. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm particularly different in a lot of ways from, what the, from anyone else in the culture war, namely on the left. They hate the right. The right hates the left. We get it. But I'm trying not to be just generically in opposition to who they are for no reason. I'm trying to be legitimate in calling out what I think is bad problems, like child sex changes, for instance. I'll talk about the nuances of endocrine disrupt, uh, endocrine, uh, en endocrine, am I getting it wrong? 
disruptors and uh, hormone disruptors and uh, try and be compassionate and understanding and introduce something to the conversation. Not perfect. Certainly not. Chris Licht over at CNN fired these people and he's looking to fire more because he knows all they do is predictably hate on anything that is other. And it's boring. You know, look, I don't make a lot of segments about AOC. I did before when she was more prominent and more in the limelight. Make a lot of comment, uh, content about Joe Biden, but he's literally the president. I try to make content that matters. I try to talk about things that are important to your life and important to culture. But the people on the left, no matter what you do, they will find a way to hate it. Case in point, Don Lemon is shocked by Meghan Markle's admission that she's only recently begun to understand what it's like to be a black woman and says she's coming from a place of privilege. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? What is this? It's vomitous garbage. OK, dude, if you want to be a woke activist and come out and say these things, I literally don't care. If you want to come out on CNN, which is supposed to be the most trusted name in news and say this insane garbage, I'm just going to be like, I, what are you doing, man? What is this? This is where we currently are. All it is is predictable garbage hatred, and they'll fail. But you know who's smarter than all of them? Bill Maher. Yes, our good friend Bill Maher, who was late to the party, but uh, nonetheless is at the party. So fine, Bill, you've made it to the party. Good for you. From Fansided, calls for Bill Maher to get a show on Fox News after viral new rant. You see, this is a good example of adapting to change. And as they say, Darwin says, it is not the strongest that survive. It is those most adaptive to change. Bill Maher saw the writing on the wall. Bill Maher angers his once loyal liberal audience again this week after making a controversial and seemingly ill-researched rant. On Friday, the HBO host took on the issue of college, calling it a giant scam. Uh, yes, you're correct. Thank you, Bill. Popular left-wing commentator Kyle Kalinske argued Maher's weekly talking points were slowly moving to the right when revisiting a real-time segment in 2021. This is interesting. Kalinske told his YouTube audience Maher was doing a flat-out conservative argument when the host suggested that those who don't, who don't go to college shouldn't be forced into a situation funding it. But he's right. What? Why do you want poor people to pay the rich people? Y'all have become elitist fascists. You are the bourgeoisie. You are not the proletariat. You are not the working class. Bill Maher, I think, understands this. This week, Maher spoke on Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, arguing against the mass demand in the U.S. for a degree. The host told his panel he believed college was a consumer product that they're selling you as a golden ticket. He's correct. One user on Twitter blasted the HBO host this weekend, saying Bill Maher doesn't approve of student loan forgiveness, even though he paid for his college by being a drug dealer. Dude, uh, dude should get a show on Fox News already. He's certainly out of touch enough for it. Another wrote Bill Maher has become so Republican, libertarian, and wants students to drown in debt. Only true fact is the education is marketed so wealthy can keep public down. So few jobs, poor education at a huge price. I am sick of these people. Bill Maher's correct. He saw the writing on the wall. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. These are the laptop clash, the bourgeoisie. It's what Karl Marx talked about. They aren't the bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie or whatever. They are not the wealthy elites, sort of. It's these people, the middle class. They think they're more deserving of you. And the only path to success is a white collar laptop job. They don't realize that we need plumbers, carpenters, electricians, taxi drivers, limo drivers, bus drivers. We need all those jobs. We need chefs. We need burger flippers. We need people to wade through sewers, clearing out rat kings from pipes and then allowing sewage to flow freely. We need petroleum engineers. Hey, they make a lot of money. But these people are convinced. I mean, a petroleum engineer, I don't know if you actually need a degree for that, but they're convinced the only path to success is a degree because they're in a cult. Because they are in a cult. It's a cult. Up in Canada, they're doing euthanasia now. Press five if you'd like to die. You think I'm kidding? We talked about it last night. That was crazy. We had Billboard Chris, Billboard Chris and Libby Emmons. And we were talking about how in Canada, you can call 811 and it's like, if you'd like to leave a message with assisted death, press five. There was some veteran who apparently called because he was suffering from mental health issues, depression. And they said, would you like to die? We can euthanize you. And it's like, wait, what? Welcome to the brave new world, my friends. These people are in a death cult. And the only way they succeed in recruiting more people is by claiming that you are in the death cult. I can praise Bill Maher, an outright liberal who has been late to the party and called for a recession because he hated Donald Trump. Creepy, crazy. But Bill Maher, when he says something right, I'll praise him for it. Colbert, I'd bestow upon him the same gift. Only problem is he never does. He predictably just attacks anything other. Now they're coming for Bill Maher. Bill Maher mentioned a while ago that he's now playing for a mixed audience. Conservatives and liberals alike are coming to his shows. Well, good for you, Bill Maher. That's the way it's supposed to be. Viewers say Bill Maher has lost his mind after Hunter Biden coverage. Yeah. Twitter reacted. Is that your news, bro? Come on. Who cares about what Twitter thinks? Maher went on a scathing rant against America's mainstream media this week, claiming they deliberately buried the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, claiming they literally did. Now, look. Let's not pussyfoot around this. He was selling the influence of his father, Joe Biden. I mean, most political sons do. But let's not pretend at least that what's going at least that what was going on. So Hunter Biden's laptop was buried by the press, he told viewers. He continued, even the head of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, said that was a mistake. So Sam Harris says it was appropriate for Twitter and the heads of big tech and the heads of journalistic organizations to feel that they were in the presence of something that is once in a lifetime moral emergency, meaning Trump. So he's saying it's OK to have a conspiracy to get rid of somebody as bad as Trump. Bill Maher has lost his mind. Bill is adapting to change. And maybe it's because he's a grift or maybe or maybe it's because he's finally waking up. I recall when Bill Maher said, if a recession stops Trump, bring on the recession. Now he's saying they should not have censored this information. Okay, Bill, I appreciate it. I appreciate you finally coming around, but I don't trust you. I'd love to get Bill Maher on Timcast IRL. That'd be fantastic. I've been a bit, I was a fan of Bill Maher for a really, really long time. He was a big influence on me growing up, believing in free speech and comedy. But then when the Trump era came around, dude lost his mind. You know what I think it was? I think Bill Maher flirted with the psycho cult because he was like, if this is the left and I'm on the left, it's what I have to do. 
And for people like me, I was like, bro, principle matters more than whatever it is you're doing. I would rather sleep under a tree with a shiny little apple in a book and read my book and be left alone than it is to pander to you psychopaths in your cult. Well, you don't win that one. There's a graph that I mentioned recently. It showed an economic scale and then a social justice scale. The Democrats were all spattered perfectly in a center in, in the bottom left of social justice and economic like communism. The right was evenly distributed away from social justice narratives, but economically left and economically right. It's quite amazing, is it? Isn't it? Almost no one was social justice identitarian and economically right wing. Almost no one. It's fascinating how that works out. The Democrats are in a cult. They believe psychotic cult things. We can't function this way, man. We need change. We need reality. We need truth. We need people like Bill Maher to start speaking up, and he is. We need new culture. We need people like Tom McDonald to succeed. We need the Daily Wire to succeed. Timcast.com, I would love it if it did. And we are building culture with new songs. And we've got another song coming out in just a few weeks. And we're going to keep doing it. We're going to put out a new song every four weeks, nonstop, forever. Because we're going to be signing a bunch of different artists. And we're going to be making good music for fun. Because it is all fun. And that's ultimately what it's about. Are you having a good time? I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time making fun of these psychopaths. My friends, if you would like to help me lure people into my right-wing world, click the link in the description below, and then maybe we'll win. Bravo, the Daily Beast. Thanks for making a commercial for me. I couldn't have done it better myself. Stephen Colbert is out. He's still big, but Gutfeld winning? Big news. Glad to see it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.